Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Welcome. We're really glad that you're here today, especially if this happens to be your first time with us. I'm Shannon Patterson, and I have the joy of being the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, and just a very special welcome to you. I say this every week, and I mean it. It's not just something to say, but our prayer, our reason, our, our sole purpose for being a church in this community is that we want you to know that God loves you and he desires to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. That's why we are here. That is the purpose we're here. You see from the moment you pull on the campus, that's why you see people in these red shirts, that they're here to serve you and to basically like be the, the living embodiment of someone who wants to say to you, hey, we're glad you're here. We love you. God loves you. So lean in to the worship and the, the message and just being present here today uh, because this is what we desire to see in, in our lives, but in your lives too. And we want this just to continue to grow and grow and grow. So we're just really, really glad that, that you're here today. Uh, before we jump into today's message and this new series, Home for Christmas, I want us to uh, start with a word of prayer. So will you pray with me? God, we come before you this morning declaring your graciousness to us. I know this past week we have, as we thought of Thanksgiving and our thankfulness to you, I, my thankfulness comes to you because of your great grace that you give to us. God, we receive that grace. We, we need that grace. We depend on that grace. And God, we thank you for Jesus, who is the absolute ultimate example of your great, immense love for us. So we are thankful for Jesus today. And God, we're thankful for your church, that, that this is your plan for us as your people on this earth, that you desire for us to come together to worship you, to, to praise you, and then to go out and share this truth with others of Jesus. And God, we, we are thankful that, that in your church, that you work even in our imperfections because we will not always carry out your ways with your same grace. God, will you help us all to be a better representative of who you are? May you increase and may we decrease. And may your purposes and your desires become our purposes and our desires. And God, we thank you for your word. And at times it will encourage and it will bring warmth and, and at other times it may sting, it may, it may convict. God, by your Holy Spirit, through your grace, would you allow us to receive both the encouragement and the conviction so that we can be more like Jesus. So Father, for the person that's here today who just by showing up, just by, by turning onto this campus or tuning in online, That's made a huge step of faith. Would you please speak words of compassion and love to them? Will you fill them up, God? And for the person today, Lord, who is present but is, for whatever reason, hard-hearted towards you, hard-hearted towards the change that you want to make in us, will you soften their hearts right now by your Holy Spirit? And God, for the person today who is a believer but is lukewarm, just kind of existing, God, will you, by your Holy Spirit, 
bring to them a strong sense of renewal and purpose. Because we all come to you this morning as people in deep need of you. And we are so very thankful for you and for what you've done through, for us through Christ Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Many of you may know, uh, as it being the first Sunday in the month, we celebrate the sacrament of communion together. So we will be doing that a little bit later in the service. And I, um, I want you to think about the, the words that the, the scripture we're going to look at today and, and some of the things I want to share with you, all of them leading to you coming to receive a little bit later at this table. So as we start this, uh, Psalm 84 is where we're going to be this morning in, in Scripture. Psalm 84. So if you have your Bibles, you want to go ahead and turn there, you can do that. And, and I want to just say that, so as we're leading up to Christmas, the, the big culmination, you heard in our announcement video, we've got two wonderful Christmas Eve services planned. Uh, we'll have candlelight services at both of them. We're going to have an amazing time on the Sunday before Christmas on the 22nd. Still here, 9, 30, and 11, but it's very uh, music-filled services. It's just going to be a wonderful time. So we're, we're leading up to Christmas, and so we are starting today, and on this journey, folks, we're talking about being home for Christmas. Home for Christmas. Now, when I say home for Christmas, a lot of us, I mean, I think quite a few of us, we immediately go, I know what that means right like you you know the feelings right you know the sights you know the smells you know like you can picture it right now when I say you're going to go home for Christmas some of you have this image in your mind right it's there now now maybe it's uh, from a long ago or maybe it's a current situation but we get this thing home for Christmas and, uh, you know, it's almost like it brings this delight and this excitement, like a childlike expectation, being home for Christmas. But for others of you, that it might not necessarily be the excitement and the, and the you know, the mountaintop to mountaintop, you know, just like, here we go on the way to Christmas and everything's wonderful. You know, when I think of home for Christmas, I, I think of, of something that's not, it's not available anymore. My, my, we don't live in that house anymore when I think of my Christmas house. We, you know, um, my parents aren't married anymore. My mother had passed, has passed away. So it's like home for Christmas is different for us. Maybe it's a physical place that's not available to us anymore. Maybe it's more of just an emotional place, right? Or a relational. Something's changed relationally. And when I say home for Christmas, you have this image, but it's not there anymore. And so some of us, we don't just skip and hop from mountaintop to mountaintop to Christmas Day, some of us go through some valleys. Some of us go down into some valleys on our journey home for Christmas. And the good news that I want to tell you today as we look at Scripture together, and it's the very best news, and it's that Jesus travels with you. He travels with you in the mountaintops, and he most certainly travels with you in the valleys. Jesus travels with you. And so if you find yourself in the middle of a valley right now, I want you to know this. I want this to sink in deep that you have very real access to a very present, powerful, loving God. 
And he is available to you to come alongside of you and walk alongside of you in this valley. And here's why I say that with so much um, just confidence. And it's because of what we find in Psalm 84. Now, the book of Psalms is what you may or may not know. It's a book of songs. It was written to be songs. It was written to be praise. And some of the songs are great, just, you know, just happy praise, you know, mountaintop praise. But some of these songs are valley songs. Some of these songs are, are in the deep places and the dark places. And they're, they're, they're praises and they're pleading and they're declaring God's goodness in both of them. And in Psalm 84, I want us to look at two verses today. Verse 5 and verse 6. And I want us to see how God shows up for us in these valleys. So here we go, beginning in verse 5. It says this. What joy for those whose strength is found or comes from the Lord. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Now I want to pause there for a minute. Because see, we can just kind of go, okay, where are we go? No, no, stop and look. What joy comes for those who, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. Not your strength comes from somebody else. Not what joy comes to those who have have brought up on their own all the strength they will ever need not what joy comes to those who are the most determined it doesn't say those things it says what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord if you are in the valley today draw your strength from the Lord call out to the Lord depend on him for strength in the valley because I'm telling you it will be much better experience in the valley with the Lord than it will be alone what what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord and the reality is folks whether regardless of our opinion on this matter okay because I think we all have some opinions on what I'm about to say we were not created to be independent. And yet that's how many of us function in our day-to-day lives. I got this. I don't need your help. I don't need anyone else's help. I'm going to do this. We were not created to be independent. We were created by our God to depend on him. We were created by our God to depend on others who call on his name. This is what we were created to do. And we almost idolize a spirit of independence. I mean, this is what we do. I don't want to need anybody. I, I, I want to be financially independent. I don't, want to, you know, I don't want to trust people. I don't want people to be there for me. I don't need God, really. I don't need anybody. We were not created to be independent. You were created by a God who loves you even if you don't love him yet. And I'm going to hang on to that yet because that's the purpose of the church, right? You were created by a God who loves you even if you don't love him yet. You were created to depend on him and on those who follow after him. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be your father. And I think some of us really need to lean into this. We need to admit to ourselves that on my own, my strength is not enough. I need you, Lord. See, and and this is true whether you're a mountaintop or valley. Because in the mountaintop is often when we think, I don't need anybody. I've done this. Look where I got. Look where I am. 
but we need to admit, we need to grab a hold of this. On my own, my strength is not enough. I need you, Lord. So the scriptures say, what joy for those whose strength doesn't come from themselves. It comes from the Lord. And then continuing in verse 5, it says, who have set their minds. Let's pause there. Who have set their minds. Who have made a determination in their mind about something. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds. As we make our way home for Christmas this year, folks. As we come home for Christmas, I want you to hear this. What you think about matters. What, what, uh, what you put your thoughts on, what you, what you dream about, what you hope about, what you, what you contemplate, what you run over and over in your mind, what you think about matters. Paul talked about this in the New Testament. I, you go look later in Colossians when he, when he talked about setting your minds on things above, not on things below, not on earthly things. In Philippians, he said to, to, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, if anything is admirable or lovely, think about these things. Set your mind on these things. If you find yourself in the valley today, on your way home for Christmas, I want you to hear this. What you think about matters. Set your mind on things of God in the valley. Because see, where you are is one thing, but what you think about is something else. Where you are is one thing in the valley, but th what you think about is something else. What you think about matters. And you know, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting, and it's just, I know you guys know this, it's the way God works so often you know you're kind of in the middle of something in your life and you find like you pick up something and read it and it's like directly spoken for you right you know and then you hear a song and and it's like directly like it just speaks right to you and then you read a scripture and you're like oh my goodness and then you hear a message and it's like okay God I'm getting it you know how he does that you know how he works in that way well I worked on this message about three weeks ago almost four weeks ago now and on Christmas, uh, Christmas, on Thanksgiving morning, it's a beautiful day here in Valdosta, and I was sitting out on our back deck, and I was reading through this message again. And in that moment, in that time, on, on Thursday morning, folks, I was in a valley of discouragement. I found myself in a place of, of being very discouraged. And, and I don't know if you do this, but sometimes when I'm discouraged, it can often start to lead towards feeling bitterness. And in case you need to know that today, this today, bitterness does not come from the Lord. That's not how he works. And no matter how much sometimes we want to justify our feelings being in the valley and feeling bitterness, it's just not from him. And so here I am, when I worked on this message three, almost four weeks ago, I was not in a valley, I was in a mountaintop, you know, just cruising along, and then suddenly I'm reviewing the message, and there I am finding myself in the valley. Okay, God. And I was reminded that as I walk through a valley, that God is my strength. Because that's what his word says. And that my joy comes from God. It doesn't, it doesn't come from what's happening around me. It doesn't, it doesn't come that way. My, my purpose and my calling comes from God, not, not from anybody else. And I had a choice to make. Sitting there on my deck on Thanksgiving morning, I had a choice to either set my mind on him, according to what his word says, right? 
or to set it on circumstances. I had a choice to make. You've been in that place before. You've had a choice to make. And so I said, okay, I'm going to set my mind on you, Lord. I'm going to set my mind on you. And I've, I've repeated that phrase for the last several days. I'm going to set my mind on you, Lord. Now, I didn't immediately and honestly still haven't left the valley. But my mind is set on God. Somebody needs to hear this right now. Your current situation may be in the valley, but your mind can still be set on God. You could be in the valley right now, but your mind can still be set on God. There may be some, I mean, mine is, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's just a thing. It's momentary, but there might be some real tragedies. There might be some real serious stuff that is with you right now in the valley if you find yourself there. Illness or, or some kind of family crisis or, you know, kids acting like knuckleheads or financial stress or relationship issues or, you know, all these things are there. But in all these, in all these types, types of valleys, you can choose to set your mind on God. We can declare, my God is for me. He's not against me. You can declare in the valley that my God is going before me to prepare a way for me. You can declare in the valley that when I am weak, he is strong, so I'm going to depend on his strength because that's what his word says. I'm going to set my mind on God. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on what? Continuing in verse 5. Who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What's that mean? What's that mean? Jerusalem was known as a city of refuge. It was known as a city of peace. It was known as a place for people to come to, to, to find um, shelter, to, to be safe, to, to feel protected. This is what Jerusalem was known for. And the writer of this praise song was saying, it doesn't matter what your current situation is. doesn't matter what's going on right now because you can have strength from the Lord because your mind is set on the place of peace. Your mind is set on, I'm going to be with God. I am going to the place of peace, the place of safety. Folks, that is home. I'm going to set my mind on that. I'm headed home. I'm going to be home for Christmas. Now in verse 6 of Psalm 84, it says, when they, who's they? They are the, the one who finds strength in God, right? That's who they is. The ones who have set their mind on God regardless of circumstances. This is the they we talks about. It says, when they walk through the valley of weeping. You been there? The valley of weeping. It will become because our strength is found in God, because our minds are set on God. When I'm in the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. See, folks, on my strength and my strength, I can be in a valley of weeping. I cannot turn that valley of weeping into refreshing springs. It's not going to happen. I can distract myself. I can maybe, you know, maybe buy something or do something or check out, you know, whatever, go take a nap. But I'm telling you, in my strength, when I am in the valley of weeping, I cannot conjure up refreshing springs. But God can be with us in the valley. 
When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. Then it goes on to say, the autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. What I hear this psalmist say is that even in the valley, I can be refreshed. Even in the valley, I can receive blessing because my strength comes from God. And my mind is going to be set on being with him. The place of peace, the city of refuge. When we find ourselves in in a valley... We can, we can continue on towards home. We don't have to stay there. You know what I do? My tendency, my human nature, when I'm in a valley, you know what it is? I go and look for a shovel to try to make that valley deeper. Anybody else? And then I like to put on like my super x-ray goggles and look around for some other things. Maybe I can build some new valleys. Let's see how big I can make this valley. Anyone else? That's not, that's not what the scripture tells us. That when we find ourselves in the valley, we can continue on towards home, towards the city of refuge, to the place of peace, to the prince of peace. It will become a place of refreshing. It will be a place of comfort. It will be a place of blessing. And this, folks, when we talk about home for Christmas, this is the home we're talking about. This is where we we should be traveling towards this Christmas. If you find yourself in a in a valley today and you're saying, "Oh my goodness," I'm, I, <laughs> you're going, "Okay, God, I got it. I heard it in the song, and I heard it here, and I'm hearing okay." And you're in the valley. Maybe you maybe you feel really weak right now. In the middle of this weakness, I want you to understand this: God is your strength. Not yourself. Maybe you feel in, in the dark right now and you're not sure of what's coming or what's around the corner and you don't know and you're not sure. I want you to know this. God can be your light in the darkness. Maybe you're in the middle of just some real, just, just some pain, just some, some heartache or some physical ache. And I want you to understand that God is your comforter. He is the one in the middle of your pain that comes alongside and brings comfort to you. See, he wants to be with you in the valley. I think sometimes we have this image in our mind that, that we were always meant to be on the mountaintops, but every now and then God comes along and flicks us down into the valley. And that's just not the way he works. More often than not, I create my own valleys. The good news is, God will meet you in the valley. He will meet you in the valley. He is the living word. He is the one who became flesh in the person of Jesus. This is what we celebrate today when we share in communion communion in just a few moments. Jesus is the sinless son of God who who loved us, who reached out to us, who who reached out to people who are hurting and broken and their lives have been torn apart and he loved them as they were but he never ever left them there in the valley. He'll meet us there and he'll walk with us out of there. Jesus became sin on the cross so that so that we could be made new. We could be made completely new. 
so that, that we don't have to we don't have to suffer the consequences of, of of death and hell and the grave because anyone, anyone, and this includes you, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't doesn't matter what you've done. Anybody who calls on the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, your sins can be forgiven. Just forgiven. And you can be made completely new. I mean, if you're at the mountaintop, he'll meet you there. Let him meet you there in the mountaintop. Be humble enough to let God meet you on the mountaintop so that you're not tempted to think you've done it by your own strength. Because if we start being tempted to think we've done the things that we do on the mountaintops on our own, when the valley comes, folks, it's going to be hard. Let him be with you on the mountaintop and let him be with you in the valley. Right now, the only thing that separates you if you don't yet know God and have not yet called on his name, the only thing that's separating you is that sin in your life. And he wants to bring abundant life to that, that place. He wants to exchange that sin for abundant life found in him. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here because I need his grace we need his mercy don't we we need his salvation we need to live into this and so for some of you today the, the, today might be the day where you say you know what I desire this will be the day that I've been mountaintops and valleys and I haven't understood and where is God and, and I don't need God oh where is God I don't need God where is God and I go through this and I realize that he is ever present I just need to call out to him I need to mean these things I need to give myself to him and today can be the day where you desire to turn from your sin finally and turn toward Jesus because he wants to meet you in the valley you can call out to him and say meet me in this valley of my sin right now Jesus I need you I give my life to you mountaintops valleys I don't know where you are Maybe you feel like you're sliding down into one or maybe you feel like you're climbing out of one. Wherever you find yourself today, folks, God wants to meet you where you are. Let's set our minds on that. Let's set our hope on that. Let's set our expectations on that as we make our way home for Christmas. This could be the best, most amazing Christmas you have ever had yet in your life would you pray with me father today I, I pray especially for those who are in the valley that right now you would be everything that they need everything and God I pray that as a church that as a gathering of your people that we can be your real, powerful presence in someone else's life. And God, I, I pray for those who have called out to you for the first time just now and are desiring to turn from their sin and seek life in you and that this morning communion would represent for them and for all of us, whether we're on the mountaintop or whether we're in the valley, 
or somewhere in between, but today would represent a coming home to you. Coming home for Christmas. God, thank you for meeting us in the valley. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. As we turn towards the communion table now, I'd ask those who are going to be serving, if you would go ahead and come and stand alongside the, uh, the stage here. As I mentioned, uh, communion represents for us the, the act of what God has done. That in Christmas we, we find ourselves celebrating the birth of Christ. There was a purpose for the birth of Christ. And that is so that, that we might have forgiveness of sin. So that God could be in relationship with us. And it had to come through the sinless, perfect life of Jesus. All are welcome at this table. If this is the first time you've been here when we have shared communion together, this isn't just for, for, for people that have been here for a while. This table is open. We say in our church that all are welcome at this table who earnestly repent of their sin and desire to be in relationship with God through Christ Jesus. So if that's you, this communion is for you. And I pray that it celebrate that fact. On the night Jesus was with his friends, he took the loaf and he gave it to his friends and he presented it to them and he said take, eat this is my body which has been broken for you and then he took the cup and he said this cup represents my blood which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sin these are the things that these elements represent to us in communion this morning. And I pray that as you come in just a few moments and you receive, that that's exactly what you do. Would you do something for me right now? Would you open up your hands, your palms up? This is the position of receiving. For some of you, this is an easy position to make, and for others of you, it's hard you're not used to receiving. But this is exactly what we do when we come in communion, to communion. We receive. So when you come to receive, don't come to take from the person with the bread. Come with your palms open and allow them to place that bread in your hand. Because see, this represents your strength taking. Receiving represents understanding our strength comes from God. And then, after the bread has been placed in your hand, take that, watch that beautiful white bread as you gently dip it into the cup and watch it turn red and be reminded that this is what Christ has done for you. He has taken on your sin and his perfection so that you might have life. You will come in just a moment as the ushers will direct you when to come and which station to come to and they'll have a basket with them and if you filled out a connection card from the seat back in front of you, we want to know you were here today. We want to know how we can pray for you, walk alongside of you on the journey of faith. You can put those connection cards in the basket or you can bring them to the next steps wall after the service. 
You also have an opportunity to return your gifts and offerings. And if you're like me and Drew, the, we don't put anything in the basket, but we are reminded when we see the basket of our responsibility and what we do and, and how we give and how we do that online every month. God, would you please bless this sacrament we receive together now? May it be again for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ so that we can walk in this newness of life. And Lord, would you bless the gifts that are given, the offerings made, so that we might make an impact in our community for the name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.